I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Decoding Reality, a decoding TV podcast about reality television. I'm David Chen. I'm here with at Joya Napping. Hello. And... People who watch reality television may have noticed that the first six episodes of Love is Blind Season 6 dropped uh, this on last Valentine's week on Valentine's Day. Day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, here's the thing. Uh, Love is Blind. Probably a show that is actively bad for society. We've, yeah, we, hand, we wring our hands over this every season. We ask uh, ourselves, are we really going to watch this show again? A show that is, at best crash and at worst actively damaging to human beings that are you know living and breathing and have a soul just like you and me uh last season obviously tons of controversy around uh one woman who uh you know claims she was uh sexually abused and another woman who was subjected to the interactions with a terrible person who i mean who was like physically violent didn't have a job right. was on drugs didn't have a home yeah like was really not uh quote-unquote ready for this show and that comes at the tail end of actually like other allegations that have happened about mistreatment people not being given food um being deprived of other you know things that we would consider human rights so anyway uh that's all just stuff that we should be aware of as we engage with this show but Despite all of that, we have heard from thousands, nay, hundreds, actually tens of people <laughs> who listen to this podcast and have said, hey, Dave and Joy, where is the newest Love is Blind recaps on Decoding Reality? And uh, we are loath to disappoint those ten, listen, the, the, the tens listen. of listeners we have out there. We so. are not saying we co-sign human rights abuses or just look <laughs> the other way for the tens of listeners. Um, here's what I said to myself. I said, Joy, 
why don't you just put it on and see what happens? <laughs> and if it's another season where, like, clearly more couples got engaged, but they only film one in Mexico because the others are all, like, not shown due to um, horrible criminal problems yes. that have surfaced um, or actual danger that was created on set, um, then then maybe we won't cover this one. Mm-hmm. But so far... So far, it turns out to be one of the seasons one that One of the makes, more normal-seeming seasons. I said to you, this is one of the seasons that's made me hate life the least. Yeah. Out of all the seasons. So, 2024, Year of the Dragon. Let's all right. go. All right. So anyway, you can find more episodes of this podcast at decodingreality.tv. We're also on TikTok at tiktok.com slash at decodingreality. And you can email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. During this episode, we're going to cover the first six... Ep- this podcast, we're going to cover the first six episodes of Love is Blind Season 6. Uh, we will try to cover the other drops as they occur. We will definitely be covering the finale when it occurs. Um, but just letting you know, like, that is our plan. And I, I hope there's a reunion for this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't imagine there there won't be. All right. Before we get into season six. Yes. Um, I just want to quickly uh, mention, we live in Seattle a place where season four was filmed. Mm-hmm. Was that season four? I believe so. Yeah, I think you're right. Because there's been an, another season since then. And as we said many, many times in our The coverage, train wreck season happened since then, right? Yes. Yeah. That was season five, I think, Houston. Yeah. Uh, it's a small town. <laughs> and so just a quick, uh, quick little update. You actually... Kind of, sort of. We well, didn't. Inter- you were in the same place. I laid eyes on one of the contestants, one of the winning contestants from the Seattle season of Love Is Blind. Yeah, tell uh, us about it. For those who follow my other work, I um, have been learning how to play poker recently, and uh, you can follow my journey at Patreon.com/slash/DaveChen. And I uh, have been uh, visiting a poker room that's local to us. Uh, and one time I drove down there and I saw a dude that looked suspiciously like Kwame. And I was like, well, you know, the, the lighting at the poker room is not the greatest. And it's been a while since I've seen Love is Blind season four. Maybe it's not Kwame. Maybe it's some other guy. Kwame of Kwame and Chelsea. Yeah. Maybe it's not Kwame. Maybe it's some other guy. Um, but I clocked what he was wearing and I sent the, and I sent, I was like, I was like, I think that might be Kwame. He's wearing a cap that has this logo on it. And within two minutes, Joy had texted me and says, that's Kwame. Because he was wearing a logo that Kwame has publicly like. Uh, it's a, for a small water nonprofit, yeah. like clean water nonprofit that follows him and he follows back. And both those numbers are very small. Right, right, right. You know, that Venn diagram. So I was like, yeah, that's Yeah, that's yeah. Him. So it was Kwame. It was Kwame. He, and he played poker for several hours and... Um, would have I, loved for you to talk to him, but now that I've, I'm not as into poker as you are. Now that I've seen it though a couple times because of you, I, it's not a social environment. It's not a social environment. It's it, it, if I saw Kwame on the street, it would be weird if I said to him, "Oh, actually, you saw Kwame at, at Costco as well, right?" Or no, 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 that was our friend. That was our friend no, Christopher. Yeah, Christopher. Chris, Christopher saw Kwame. Yeah. So anyway, um, if you saw Kwame on the street. Uh, or if I saw Kwame in the street and I said, hey, I uh, hope you enjoying Seattle or whatever, like uh, that would be weird, right? It, whatever interaction it would be on the street, it's 10x weirder in the poker room because no, ver, few, like most people are not social in the poker room. It's a very tense environment. Yeah, it takes like so much concentration. Yeah, if people anything, are concentrating. Like- they're taking money away from each other. You know, like it's not a, it's not a like positive. It's, it would be, it would be super weird 
to go up to some random guy and say like, "Hey, man, big fan of the show." You know, like that. Okay. Would be also, you were across a, a, a room, but uh, you did not clock whether he had a ring. That said, our friend Chris Yimon, shout out to Chris, um, actually saw Kwame and Chelsea together yeah. at Costco. Yeah. Our Costco, which is the one yeah. we go to all the time. Yes, we so, have been in the same physical, you know, Costco bakery as Kwame and Chelsea from Love We is might Warm. have touched the chocolate chip cookies that they had touched and rejected. <laughs> it's very possible. Or vice versa. Anyway. Um, anyway, I, I think the census, they're going fine. And I'm really That's happy. Great. And That's I think great. actually the Seattle season was really successful. Yes, Absolutely. With some exceptions, Zach and Blizzard together, yeah. yeah. With some exceptions, but like overall, that was not like not a bad season. That's a yeah. high batting average for this show. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot; we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we, we have to say season five was like a complete disaster, I would say. It was upsetting. Like, it, yeah, a, a complete disaster. And, you know, you can read all about it. You can listen to our podcast about it. Or just it. Google Love is Blind Lawsuit, Love is Blind yeah. Allegations. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a complete disaster. And so it's like, but the gears of gr- commerce grind onwards and the show is a hit on Netflix. So they, ne- they needed to make another season. They have made one in Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, which is where this season takes place. And let's start with our overall thoughts on the season, and then we'll talk about specific couples. We're not going to do episode by episode or anything like that, um, but we will talk about like couples by couples, and we will assume you have seen the first six episodes. So, Joy, what did you think overall of this batch of episodes? So, I think the show has taken a pretty big step up in terms of editing, storylines. Um, it, it's still chaotic, as always, but at least... like. There's a little more rhyme to, you know, what's going on and really clear planting of cliffhangers, um, foreshadowing, etc. So it's a much, honestly, just juicier show to they, watch. They, I think they know what their strengths are at this point and they're really... Well, they've like finally yeah. figured out how to do it. Exactly, and since yeah. many times the show has been filmed, it's multiple seasons, but they're being filmed more or less back to back in different cities. Yeah. They don't know, like, I feel like we're finally at the third or fourth batch of filming yeah. where they actually know what they're doing in the edit. Yeah. And so that has been great. Um, I think the couples feel maybe not. Okay. Look, my all time favorite couple is Tiffany and Brett who are yes. Portland, Oregon near. They, they got married during the Seattle season. There's not a Tiffany and Brett that I'm cheering for, but at least there are a number of people who are at least on a 
like believable journey that yes. I can be like, great, you know, uh, go I love in, this. I love this journey. For go you. in peace. I love this journey for you. You know, that's great. Um, and it doesn't feel as much like you're watching people completely spiral under the pressure of being in love is blind itself. Probably all those carbs that they're showing that people are feeding themselves. There is copious, as with last season, there's copious amounts of food on screen. It's yes. like, and people talking show, actually, about the food. They actually show people cooking. It's yeah. like, ooh, yeah. So they really make it a, a point like, hey, don't sue us for lack of food because yeah, we yeah. That'd did be great them. if you didn't sue us for the lack of food. Um, and so Which it, is an allegation that's been it feels a little bit less harshly exploitative, um, at least that what we're being shown. Yeah. We'll see what comes out yes. in a matter of weeks. Undoubtedly. Because it feels like none of these contestants have ever signed an NDA in the entire <laughs> history of this show. Um like the the Instagram ugliness, I'm sure, is still to come. But um, a little bit less harsh and then a little bit more. Um, I feel like people are finding people who seem kind of like them where mm-hmm. I can plausibly believe this would work out. Whereas in prior seasons, there have been people who are together where you're like, I don't even right. understand why you think this is a thing. Right. I would say like 60% of the couples this season are like, oh, I can see that happening. You know, like, yeah. Whereas, whereas like, in the previous seasons, it's been like, you know, like last season. Here's my number one, like, yeah. Natalie and Shane. Yeah. N- never, never would these two people end up in real life. And, and guess what? They didn't. So um, you feel a little bit less like everybody's like delusional. on, And I think they also have seen the show. They clearly, the participants are more self-aware about what the show is. Right. And has to offer. And that's actually like a, I think a huge plus. So overall, I'm feeling pretty, pretty decent about it. Maybe it is trash I can just enjoy. Maybe that's the dream. It is aggressively acceptable this season compared to past seasons. It is not, again, I said it doesn't make me hate life as much as the previous seasons. It doesn't make me, I mean, last season was so rough, Joy. Remember the whole Uche thing? Like, and how yeah. ter- terrible a person Uche yeah. seemed to come off on screen, you know, like, and that whole drama. Yeah, the, the men did not come off well last season. Like, the whole message I felt like was like, don't date in this, say, state. Yeah. Uh, I also think this season is heavily Christian coded. It seems like everyone on the show is a Christian in this season. Say more about that. Like, I grew up Christian, but not like you. I grew up Presbyterian. Mm-hmm. I think you grew up evangelical, so yeah. you're you're getting a lot of evangelical vibes. Is that what it is? A hundred percent. There's tons of references to Bible, to God, to Jesus. Um, a lot of them use like Christian coded language about marriage, about uh, gender roles, and I so think on. that whole thing where Brittany, who is engaged to Kenneth, the middle school principal, so mm-hmm. Brittany's the teacher, yeah. was saying like, "I want to submit to you a hundred percent. I want it, etc." I was like. That sounds like kink. And then you were like, no, that's like a Christian It is a Bible verse, like wives submit to your husbands. Like that is a extremely normal thing in in evangelical circles. So, uh, and also Brittany and Kenneth, they are saving themselves for marriage. So that's another thing they have not. Well, so they're the most overt about it. But I even think like Jessica was having a discussion with Jimmy where she was saying, I'm very, very direct you know, I'm very, people yeah. are used to me running everything. I want to be the kind of wife. And then she starts using these words like that blew my mind that are soft, feminine, submissive. Right. And I want to defer to you, but you got to earn it or something. And I was like, 
why would you want to do that? You seem like you're super great at being in charge, actually. So like, he should be deferring to you. But yeah. that's because I'm a feminist and I don't really believe in these traditional. Yeah. Also, AD says, uh, like, if somebody asks, how did you get, how did you, how did you get your ass looking so good? And she's like, squats and Jesus, you know? Oh, I, okay. Yeah. So uh, I think like that, virtu- that I would hear more common sure but i think virtually everyone on the show is a Christian. i agree i also noticed chelsea is wearing a um friendship bracelet mm. and did i pause and pause and pause to get a close-up of that it says be a light mm, and yeah. i assumed that's you know I, I don't even know but i assumed it was like yeah. christ says be a light to those around you or yes. something like that um don't hide your light under a bushel let your light shine yeah it's a very common christian trope so um, there is now more Christian representation on Love is Blind than there is Asian representation. Well, there um, always has been, and there are more Christians in America than there are Asians. That's true. Um, but it, it does feel, I, I don't want to, obviously Christianity is so broad and there are so many different denominations. Yeah. It feels like pretty specifically like I'm a, just a surpri- form I'm just surprised that like Charlotte is so heavily Christian. Cause, really? Well, well, just compared to like Texas, which is where past seasons have occurred, like I would think that there would be tons of, um, uh, you know, Bible-believing folks in Texas. Uh, now, it's possible that they just left all those parts out of the show in previous seasons. And like now they've decided to include it more to broaden their base. I think that's extremely possible. And I think including these people's Christian, the Christian component of their lives is going to be a huge marketing element for them. Like there are going to be tons of Christians who watch this season that oh, have never then, watched the show. And, and then they're like going to become Christian lifestyle influencers or something. Absolutely. hundred percent. Um, I think like a, a lot of these people will say like be appearing on the show and representing I being a Christian is going to be like their testimony. A so, show where they have premarital sex on camera practically like is going to be a hard fit for a lot of. Um, Behold, I send you out like a lamb among the, amongst the wolves, you know, or a sheep amongst wolves. The like, only that's... people that seem like that are Brittany and Kenneth. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, I don't know. We None of the people have had sex yet as of the episodes we've seen. So we don't know. That's uh, true. So anyway. Uh, yeah, but I did notice like cross tattoos yes. and Bible verse tattoos. Yes, and yes. Yeah. So it's it's heavily Christian coded. And I am curious. Uh, I think it will have implications for the rest of the season. I am so. 0% shocked that it's this Christian. Um, I, I'm just, I'm not shocked that it's Christian. I'm just shocked that it's so much more Christian than past seasons. Well, what that's I was all. about to say yeah. is I lived in North Carolina yeah. in the other major city. So that's like the Raleigh, Durham, yeah. UNC or Chapel Hill area. And that, because of its research institutions and universities kind of draws people from around the world, um, like IBM. And you know, there's a bunch of stuff there that uh, you might kind of come from across the country around the world. And so it feels a little more diverse. Charlotte has never felt super diverse to me it's always felt like people who are from the area around charlotte end up there and so i think dallas is sort of more like a raleigh in that there are people moving there from all over um and even houston to an extent um i'm not saying these aren't all very christian places but like also houston's more latino which would be more catholic you know what you're talking about is really a a sub form of protestantism specifically Mm -hmm. like this like submissive woman thing is common in a, but it's not as it's not the same language it's not the same coding in the catholic church i don't think 
Um, yeah, I'm not familiar, as familiar with Catholicism, so I can't speak of it, but I know it's extremely common in evangelical circles and it's evangelicism, I think is one of the top. Well, people know. can correct us if I'm wrong, but I, you know, I also grew up in like a very, very, very Catholic yeah. area. So decoding TV at gmail.com. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, overall thoughts, like it's fine. It's fine. It's a very acceptable, like it's, it's, you know, oh, the season, the season. Yeah. So far, uh, now I think based on what we've seen of future episodes, that estimation might go down dramatically uh, in the episodes to come. But um, yeah. Uh, well, let's go through the couples let's one go at a time. The couples, yes. Um, and by the way, they dropped six episodes at the same time. Is that, that felt like a lot to me. I think it's close to what they've done in the past. I think they've done just a little Maybe bit less five. previously. Yeah, but... um, and I know Netflix is toying with these episodic versus. You know, like how many things to drop at once, but six six was a lot to get through. I wish they had done sort of three. Um, but um, the first couple is Brittany and Kenneth. We already sort of talked about. So Kenneth is the middle school principal who's only 25, and Brittany is only 24, and she's a teacher. Um, they are the ones that are saving themselves. What do you think of this couple? Uh, they're fine. They're, per- they're perfectly pleasant. You know, I think there's some great... Uh, conversations about race and uh, you know Kenneth and AD have this chat about like is this woman ready to uh, not only be with a black man but also raise black children and I I think that's like uh, it's it's rare to see that kind of thing discussed so frankly on a reality show Um, and I guess I'm just curious how this um, racial element will intersect with her family. I'm just I think gonna... it'll become a lot more clear once they actually like go experience yeah. each other's daily lives. And we don't know yeah. what that looks like yet, but, but otherwise it seems like an extremely wholesome, like Christian courtship slash engagement. Well, can, so, can I just so say far. one thing about yeah. what you yeah. were pointing out the, before we move yeah. on to that, the, the part where, um, AD is having that conversation with him. I genuinely think she is just like looking out for him. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's actually, there are so many instances of people looking out for each other yeah. on this show. That's another thing that is a huge upgrade yeah. from prior seasons of the show where it felt like they were competing with each other to win the free yes. trip to Mexico yes. or whatever. Like men looking out for men, women looking yes. out for the women. Yes. You know, and um, in this case, she's like, what she's saying coded is. Or not coded, but she's saying it a little bit lightly. Is like this woman is going to have to have the talk with our children, your children, mm-hmm. about the police. They're going to have to have the talk about why they're um, observed more closely for potential shoplifting. Like, is this woman really ready for that? Which is a huge question of character and and ability to see something from somebody else's point of view. And yes. And so far, by the way, uh, what's her name? Brittany, Brittany has shown that she has none of those tools. Like, I'm we not don't saying, know I'm not saying she Brittany. doesn't, I'm not saying yeah, she yeah, doesn't. Yeah. I'm just saying we have not seen any evidence that she has. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. And I think, but if, she doesn't see race. Maybe that submission is going to come into play. Yeah. Maybe she'll be ready. Uh, cause she'll just do what she's told. Yeah. But I think, um, I thought that was a lovely moment. And then I agree with you. Like they're modeling, 
they have a, a little nighttime ritual Kenneth wants yeah. to have, which honestly sounded so middle school principal. Like, we're going to talk about what went well in our day. We're going to talk about what we didn't go well. We're going to say we love each other. You know, like, I'm like, okay, like maybe we should do that. It seems like a lot of work, but. Yeah. And they have like a very mature conversation about like, okay, what are some things you observe? Okay, our water bill is going to be really high. You know, yeah, like, but it was very funny yeah, and very it was funny. very diffusing. Yes. And it's nice to like bring those things up at a time, not when you're upset about the water bill. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. those things can escalate yeah, in, yeah. in a moment of frustration. So, so, um, David, I just want to tell you that a thing that I really appreciated about you today is that you did the recycling, um, even though our garage is like filled to the brim with it. And we just came back from a trip. That was very nice of you. Thank you. This and is I, the time I, where you tell me. I think me, appreciate okay. about you is we're recording this podcast. Together. <laughs> okay. That's nice. Okay. Uh, anything else about Brittany and Kenneth or shall we? Uh, no, but um, in the most high minded version of this show, Brittany and Kenneth are the couples they should have been producing the whole time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, the the future trailer edit, the trailer for, like, the on this season of Love is Blind, yeah. like, it does show that there are, like, it, it makes it seem like Brittany and Kenneth are headed towards choppy waters. Yeah, but... Um, but you, you can never trust those. Th- those edits, yeah. I, it didn't actually strike me as epic. He was, like, on his phone a lot, and he yeah. was disengaged. They're extremely deceptive edits, so yeah. maybe they're going to be just fine. But so, so far, this is like, oh, I'm glad the Christian people are getting together and finding joy in their Christian shared Christianity. That's that's lovely. Whatever. You know? It's it's all good. All right. Who's next? I find Amy and Johnny to be the most boring couple so far. And I don't know if it's because they're just trouble-free. Yeah, you're, you're squinting. I, 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 Who's I'm, Amy I'm and Johnny? I'm literally like, who are Amy and Johnny again? I actually had trouble remembering anybody's names from this entire Is Amy season. the one that says she only likes ethnic men usually? Or is that a different... Well, she's Latino. Yeah, she's from yeah. Puerto Rico. Okay, okay, so, okay, okay, yeah, 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 she typically dates... She's like, I date, you know, darker, darker skin, hair, darker, darker hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah and okay, he yeah, looks yeah. like kind of possibly f- Scottish. Yeah, they're fine. You know, they're perfectly like, fine. Perfectly fine. They're a yeah. perfectly cromulent couple. Yep. You know? Um, they were the ones... Uh, I think they're maybe getting a little bit of a bland edit. Yeah. Um, but uh, she is the one who um, I believe needs to take care of her... Mm-hmm younger brother Mm -hmm. if anything really uh you know maybe in the future depending on how her family Uh shapes up he's a much younger brother Uh uh-huh oh right and they had bonded over they both love anime and they watch naruto together or Mm -hmm. they had each watched naruto i think right does her brother have autism is that i believe he has autism and adhd and so isn't quite able to live independently and that was a lovely mature thing to talk about you know is Hey, like I'm, I might be called. Like I have this big obligation in my life, and I might be called upon to like step up, and I need to know that you're ready for that. You know, like yeah, it's a very. She said, like that's my number one priority. Right. My biggest fear is not being able to do it. And and Johnny seems to like understand. Johnny has siblings as well, and he gets it. So it's just like that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. It's nice to see that. That's a, that's a. And by the way, we should have been seeing way more of that kind of stuff in the show, in my opinion. But yeah, like, not let's... like your credit score the day before the wedding. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Um, that was a reference to Izzy and uh, (laughs) Stacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then why don't we do this one, Laura and Jeremy? Oh my god! So I went on Google and I tried to figure out: is this like French? Like, what is this spelling of Jeremy? So it's J E R A M E Y. I found one other person with the spelling of the name jeremy i believe okay. they're in scotland um but yeah i i think um i think that one was fabricated whole cloth by jeremy's parents mm-hmm. maybe it's like a mashup like her name is 
I don't know. Yeah. I can't come up with anything. <laughs> and so far, I would say they're also a perfectly cromulent couple. No, I don't like them together. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Jeremy and Laura. Yeah. Yeah. So at first, I was very, very pro-Laura because Laura seems... Like a accomplished professional woman, right? Yeah. And, you know, like I have a bias towards people that I think... I might hang out with, right. you know, like Laura you see yourself kind of like me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we wouldn't hang, but we would probably be the people out of this whole group that would hang. She's the closest. She's the most likely, um, she, she, you know, of all the people out of the group, she is the person you'd be most likely to hang with. Just like of all the celebrities out there, Chelsea is most similar to Megan Fox, you know? <laughs> okay. So Laura, um, has like this slightly, um, I have like friends from New York, New Jersey who have this like constant edge in the way they talk. And mm-hmm. it's not even, it's just kind of playful, but it's just like constant, you know, it's not like she has a little bit of that, that I feel mm. like she's bringing to the table. There's a little bit of danger to what she's saying. Well, she's like, always going to needle you a little yeah, bit. She'll be yeah. not, she won't say like, Oh, you look great. She'll be like, you look great. Except those Hawaiian shirts have to go. Right. You know? Right. So there's always like a little bit of a, a yeah. knife under the table feeling. She's the one who said the bean dip thing, which I still don't understand, but I'm 99% sure it's her fault. Yes. Uh, she does not acquit herself well in that situation. And, and by the way, like people objectifying AD throughout the episode, um, extremely uncool very very not cool so it's, it's especially not cool because um, all of these are very attractive women there's plenty of people to objectify if you really want to but it, it feels striking to me that the black woman gets objectified 100 percent, 100 percent. um so laura is um i'm a little concerned she's got the mean girl streak that is the bad flip side of her quote-unquote leadership qualities and by by which i mean when she hears from chelsea that Jimmy, yeah, aka the slice of white bread that is being fought over for some reason by Chelsea and Jessica. <laughs> Jimmy has told Chelsea, "I love you." Yes, she goes over yes. to Jessica immediately and says, "In the, in the show, you need to protect your heart. This is not your man." Right. And uh, in any other season, I would have been like, "She needs to stay the fuck out of it." Um, she's a snake, you know, well, like, kind of, yeah. you know, like Irina from the Seattle season or, um, right. Micah, you know, had this kind of much meaner version of yes. that kind of behavior. But this is a woman who's on television with a 10 year old daughter. Like, I think you, she actually does have a lot to lose and to want to be protective of. Yeah. And, um, Laura says you need to leave on your own terms. And I, which is a very dignified thing to suggest, I, th- I think. Yeah, that was like great sisterhood. And then yes. literally all the women go over and comfort yes. her. And it was really lovely. Yes. Like you really feel like people are here to have good outcomes and yes. hurt themselves the least in 100%. the process. Yes. And so... Very lovely moment. Yes. I. So I thought I was kind of team Laura. And I also find Jeremy fratty, nonstop talker, super annoying. Um, like he... I, I w- yeah. <laughs> I would smother Jerry not, with not, a pillow not if someone, I were with him. Whoa, okay. Not someone you'd want to hang out with. Okay. Um, he's just like a little Energizer bunny, which yeah. is probably by itself okay if I liked any of the things that Energizer bunny was pointed towards, but like it's just sure. banging the drum all the time um, is how it comes out to me. And so I can feel her nerves are fraying regarding him. And she's going to probably just bring more of that edginess as a way to try. Like, you can feel that the conflict right. resolution style is not going to be super positive between the two of these people. Yes, yes. Um, but There's a ticking time bomb there. Yeah. And yeah. as we see in the edit, 
that ticking time bomb might be Sarah Ann. <laughs> the woman who says, I think my Botox is slipping because my eyebrows look really uneven. And I'm like, oh my God, like, why would you say that? He doesn't even know what you look like. <laughs> what an unforced error. Mm-hmm. But maybe she's just trying to say you're with a person who's quite young and has Botox already, as well as lip fillers and whatever else. I mean, she does look like she's had quite a bit of work done, mm-hmm. which is a choice. So, yeah, I think uh, uh, Jeremy and Laura, they're a, a cute couple. Eh. Uh, they clearly have some issues to sort out. And um, one of the things that I think Love is Blind illustrates is that those things that are cute quirks when you first meet your significant other, uh, when repeated one million times, uh, they can become quite daunting. I am concerned that Jeremy has never been in a serious relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that's the implication of his edit as we've heard it so far. Mm -hmm. And to have your first serious relationship be with like a a pretty strong personality like Alora, Mm -hmm. I think it's... And also broadcast to millions of people. Yeah, Yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be a lot. All right. So we come to two of the more interesting couples. Yeah. uh, In the edit. Uh, Let's talk about AD and Clay. All day. Yeah, uh, and and they have a very nice courtship, I think, in the pods. Um, Matthew is given the Patrick Bateman, he's a psychopath at it. Um, he comes with these questions to the, the woman, and he when he's asked questions, he doesn't answer them. And then when the women start giving answers he doesn't like, he literally just leaves the room, uh, as we see in the edit. You know, like, who knows how accurate that is. Um, so he seems like a complete psychopath. There's many shots of the men socializing where Matthew's like staying out of it and just kind of being by himself. And so he's clearly like, yeah. Um, Matthew's a walking red flag, like a yes. walking bag of red flags. Um, and then he is courting kind of AD and this other girl named Amber. Interestingly, we never see a single pod session between Amber and Matthew. Yeah, that was is, another great edit choice. Yes, very great edit choice. I wish we had gotten some after the fact. Like, I wish after the reveal that, like, Matthew had been courting them both, we'd gotten some more insight into that situation. But, um, yes, really great reveal that, like, Amber has been courted by him at the same time as AD has. Uh, but my favorite part of probably the entire series so far is when Clay realizes <laughs> that AD has been like is seriously interested in Matthew as well as Clay and there's this moment of realization that washes over his face when she says who it is and he's like he's like what and it literally causes him to question his entire worldview because he thinks of himself as like a certain kind of man and he thinks of himself as in a certain league and when he's like, oh, this other guy like is like has a chance with this woman who I want, um, it causes him to question. Like he said, it was very humbling. He's like, am I really the person who I thought I was? If that guy, well, I think he's also questioning AD and her judge. I mean, yeah, he's questioning yeah, yeah, yeah. all of reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I do think he does her a solid when he's like, trust me, AD, he is not the one for you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what's going on, but this is not it. Because he's not the one for anyone. I'm bummed we didn't see more of that. Like, I'm sure he said other things to her. You know, like, um, I want to know what his perception of Matthew is, you know? And maybe he, like, left it out because he didn't want to slag off other dudes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, like, pretty uncool. But um, incredible moment in the show. It It was one of the most... 
is as, really, I, as I said to you, he would never even check his six for Matthew right. because he would never even consider Matthew relevant yes. in any conversation he is in. It's like, um, uh, I read this article about the talented Mr. Ripley once, the movie. You ever see that? You saw yeah. the talented Mr. Ripley, right? Yeah, I've and seen like, it with you, I think. Uh, spoilers for talented Mr. Ripley. Philip Seymour Hoffman plays this guy named Freddie, who's like this globe-trotting playboy who's ultra rich and at one point um matt damon who plays mr ripley um beats him to death you know he well it's a big spoiler i said spoilers yeah but it's a big one yeah and uh and when when tom ripley is beating freddie to death um freddie like roars upward he like he's like on the floor and he like roars upward and there's this like anger and indignation, like this guy, Tom Ripley, he's not even supposed to be a side character. Yeah, yeah. In my story, he's not qualified to kill me. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And it's kind of a that's similar, exactly kind yes. of a similar thing of like that guy's not even supposed to be in my periphery of like the story that I'm telling myself. Like now he's like front and center. I need to like reorient my whole way of being now. You know. So. But I think also. He goes back to the men's lounge and he is like, there are sharks in the water where I thought I kind of understood the dynamics here. Mm-hmm. Like other people are playing levels on levels of games that I cannot comprehend. Yeah. And so. And then I think Kenneth says to him, it's going to be how it's going to be, bro. I think that's what he says. Right. I, I wrote he it. He says to- something like that. And yeah. I loved it because it was the most. I loved it. Chill and accepting anyone's been in like six seasons of yes. this show. Yes, it was great. Yeah. It's going to be how it's going to be. I, got, I, yeah. I need to say that, to, you know, in general to myself. Anyway, AD and Clay, um, they for, at first seem like a very good match. They're certainly both exceptionally attractive individuals. Well, they don't know that. Uh, yeah, but, um, but then, you know, Clay has this very unfortunate interaction with AD during episode six, I think, about how... No, no, uh, hold on. Let's back up. Okay. AD is actually kind of a piece of shit. He's a little bit like Shake. You know, he's a Clay little... Clay is. Oh, sorry, Clay. Clay yeah. is. Um, he's a little like Shake. Yeah. Which is like, okay, I, I know we're not supposed to talk about looks, but like, could I put you on my shoulders if I tried? You know, like there's... <laughs> right. Except he's much more direct about it. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to propose unless... And then he's pretty specific. Lips, ass, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, first of all, you're not going to have a problem. But secondly... <laughs> um, it's it's horrifying, you know, to ask somebody to rate themselves on mm-hmm. and sell their own body parts to right. you bit by bit. I mean, it's yes. just so dehumanizing of an experience yes. to try to do that. And um, goes against the spirit of the experiment, which I think is AD that says, I've seen it work. Uh, I'm like, footage not found. You know? <laughs> it's, it's worked a little. It's worked like five times but out of But for Clay, 30. I feel like... Um, he was so not in on the premise of the show that I felt like he was one of the many contestants that say they were cast. They were reached out to by Mm -hmm. the production, you know, because they have a certain number of Instagram Mm -hmm. followers or whatever. And he's a good looking guy. And, you know, probably he was headhunted for the show. Um, So I was actually pleasantly surprised that he shows some growth from a like negative two, you know, up to like a three. Uh, and that that's great. That's great. I think there's still some space to go, yes. uh, as evidenced by what I think you were about to say. Right, right. Where it's just like in episode five or six, he says, uh, like, hey, if, you're, if you, AD, are getting out of shape, I will make you go to the gym, is what he says. Now, I think he's 
trying to say in the spirit of like, hey, we clearly both Clay and AD like take care of themselves. They both work out really hard. And I think he's trying to say like, I would help to motivate you. But the way in which he says it is extremely insensitive and very unfamiliar with gender dynamics around people keeping... Ignorant, you know, yeah. like he doesn't know about wedding rings. He doesn't know when she says, "Oh, I have to watch what I eat." What I eat, and she's and like, "No, like, you'd no, be you fine no matter and what." She's like, and... It's actually the other way around. It's because I watch what right. I eat that I look like this. Yes. And she says it's different for men and women, which is absolutely true. Yes. It's like scientifically yeah. a fact. And he seems completely oblivious, he's to unaware. Yeah. Um, which is just amazing to me that he's like gotten through this far in life. <laughs> um, but I'm hoping that he's really open because I do think he did not mean it. There are people who would say the same thing that he said Mm -hmm. who are not ignorant and who would mean it in a very controlling way. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's him. Hopefully. Hopefully. Maybe. We'll see. 50-50. Yeah. We'll see. Who knows? Jury's very out on that. So, yeah, could be be heading towards... And, and, you know, I, I think that if Clay... If Clay had said that to AD under any other circumstances, that would have been it. Like, if they were at a bar or something and they had never met before... And he said, he, sure. so he, you know, like that would, sure. that would be over already. Um, and it's only under these circumstances that she's even willing to like continue with, you know, with him. But it's such good self-awareness for her in the same conversation at the same bar to him. She says something I, I really yeah. couldn't believe yeah, she yeah. had the courage to say on television. Um, I have been chasing all of these men for so long because on some level, I truly believe I'm not lovable worthy of love yeah. yeah which was like and you know she obviously had a very challenging relationship with her father who also died so it's not like there's a chance for her to heal that relationship and it it was just like it honestly took my breath away that she was so open about it um and she said it that sentence without even necessarily crying and i mean he he responds like with i don't think he deeply gets like how fucked up that worldview is and how sad it is but of course he consoles her so for her to say on the one hand i don't even think i'm worthy of being loved and for him to be like oh it's a little conditional you know like if you get out of shape because you're having children then i'm going to drag you to the gym and you're going to have to work for it you know and he he says things like you got to work hard of course and i'm like she's working incredibly hard don't don't worry about that um i hope ad can like grow into like a better clay Clay, Clay, sorry, can work, can grow into a better understanding of like how um, other people who aren't him think. Um, But I will say before we leave this group, I am so excited for Matthew to show up at a reunion. I'm guessing he will pull an Uche and not do it Mm because he's very prideful um, and comes off looking like a total jerk. He looks terrible in the show. He looks like a jerk, but I don't think it can be just the edit. I also think he has like literal delusions of grandeur. Like, you know, he's saying millions of people are watching the show and he seems to be unaware that 80% of the people who participate are cut or don't make it to the second phase of the show. Um, so he, he's a text, feels like a tech, from what we've seen, feels like a textbook sociopath. Now, I'm being a little bit exaggerative there. I don't actually think he's a sociopath necessarily, but let's just say it wouldn't surprise me if he was, you know? Yeah, but um, he's not a good many sociopaths are charming i would say i don't know whether he's he certainly certainly thinks he's charming he he is um he has a very like uh, mechanical way of trying to engineer like he he talks about oh 80 i want to give you this moment yeah like this moment that will validate you you know basically which is your dream of getting engaged 
and I would have loved to have done that. And I did it, you know, however he described it. And it sounded like so insincere and so fabricated. He didn't say, I wanted to share this moment with you or connect with you or have our love blossom. It's all just like for show. Um, The fact that also he only wanted to keep getting engaged by leaving the show. He's like, let's leave together now. Mm -hmm. You know, like is a very weird um, yeah. and, and it seems and, controlling that that woman's bones would have ended up in his backyard and he flees and he's like i gotta go find amber so we'll see yeah let's that see if he finds amber let's see if he finds amber and let's see if we find amber buried somewhere unfortunately oh, yeah um but i hope that she's not she's safe and okay uh maybe let's check her instagram to make sure that's the case all right <laughs> all right final couple the quadrangle the quadrangle the quadrangle the trevor chelsea jimmy jessica quadrangle we must start with this fact, which is Jessica is one of the, if not the only single parent that's ever appeared on the show. Uh, I don't, I, I can't well, recall a single. You other would one. have to be a single parent, right? If you, as opposed to, in a marriage and a parent, uh, as opposed to a, um, I'm just saying there's been no other parents that have okay, appeared got on the it. show. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, um, and. Uh, you know, Deja on and Deja and Justin on this podcast have spoken quite eloquently about this topic. Uh, yes, but I have to say that it was in their coverage of like um, the Bachelor, the Bachelor, yeah, yeah, franchise. Um, but I have to say that uh, it is single parents should not go on these shows, uh, in my opinion. Uh, because not because they don't deserve to have happiness or anything, but because it's like, it's one because thing. Because it's unlikely to give you happiness and more likely to give you anguish. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because it's one thing to be like, hey, do you want to meet and marry somebody who you've never, or do, do you want to, yeah, do you want to marry someone who you've never seen or met before in person? Um, that's one big ask. It's another thing to say, hey, do you want to marry someone who you've never seen or met before and be a father or mother to someone who you've never seen or met before. Like I think that part feels so difficult to overcome. Even in the bachelor setting, I think it would be possible to meet the family. hundred percent. At least once before yes. the end. And like, but they would is, also have a, a, a say in like, you know, I hated that guy. Yeah, he yeah, gave yeah. me terrible vibes. But this does, this format of show does not facilitate that. And they, this is clearly like, in my opinion, an experiment to see like how that would go. And it obviously ended terribly, and I think they should never do it again because it's just not fair to any of the parties. Any of the parties, in my opinion. What do I you don't think, know though? if it's an experiment. I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's the only parent we've seen, but that you know, people get engaged yeah. that we don't. Yeah, maybe maybe, see in the maybe edit. other people have been parents that we don't know about. And it's certainly, there are lots of people who enter the quote unquote experiment yeah. and um, you know never get engaged. So, anyway, I um, I actually thought. She did a pretty good job being like balancing what it would be like to have to date somebody without leading with this information. Mm -hmm. And in real life, she has to lead with that information all the time, probably. Like if she's on a dating app, that's probably on Mm -hmm. the app, right? Mm -hmm. So I I don't assume. Yeah, um, I I also think um, it is a very fair thing to save for date two or three. Like, I, I think that's a very fair thing to save. Like, that piece of information that you're a parent is, is fair to save for a date two or three. Now, I, I'm not saying I would take that approach myself. I think it's probably it's best if it's date one. But, like, 
I think it's reasonable for like someone to want to get to know you before, or you want people to get to know you before they like dismiss you outright because you're a parent or whatever. If you're afraid of that thing, you know. Um, but either way, yes, she she seems to reveal the information at the midpoint of their conversations at some stage, right? Like not towards the end, not no, at the beginning. No, but I think it yeah. was like two or three. Yeah, yeah, maybe it, three. it felt it felt like two or three dates, which yeah. is like feels like pretty fair, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, it feels pretty fair. Like if in real life, if you had a coffee date with someone and they didn't mention their parent, like we can't be, get yeah. Anyway, be a little so weird, but anyway, I, yeah. I think I'm a little bit less like it's impossible for the show to allow it. I think it is a little. This is not to blame the victim. It is hard for me to picture being in a situation where I would potentially marry somebody who wouldn't. I mean, I think in this case, who wouldn't what? you would get engaged before they would have a chance to meet your family. Right. That's now in this case, they go home. So it's like two weeks in or, you know, it starts a four week clock. I think when they get engaged that in that time, they will of course meet the family. So there is a chance to see more about what that's like. Yeah. But, um, even just the practicalities of her being ripped out of, her daughter's right. day-to-day care, her spring break, her schooling, like the schedule that the, you're on. The, the commitment is she's going to be gone for like two weeks, right, uh, while they're in the pods and then on this honeymoon. And then they go back home and then they're being filmed constantly. So yeah, it's well, like, and, and she's in an apartment with him. Right. She's not living, I don't know. If so they're for getting, some period of it, yeah. We'll yeah, never yeah. know because yeah, she yeah. didn't end up getting right, engaged right, right. on the show. But, but yeah, like, like logistically speaking, it would be like it's an enormous burden to carry, right, for a single parent. For sure. And also... Um, I just don't even know how that would be received or perceived. I, I, I hate saying like absolutes and I don't want to police other people's behavior, but, um, you know, I, I think actually she handled herself with relative dignity. Mm-hmm. Probably. Mm-hmm. I would say Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. I have now watched what feels like hours of Jimmy. <laughs> He is such a nothing burger. Like, I just don't even know anything yeah. about Can Jimmy. Can you name four adjectives about Jimmy that aren't I know about, one thing about Jimmy. aren't about his appearance. That was shared in the edit. Yeah. Which is that he is the first person in his family on either side to go to college. Mm. That's, he's that one, right? I don't know. <laughs> um, which is. I watched the show with you and I don't remember. If in fact that is Jimmy. <laughs> I think that is in fact a huge accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I really don't get any vibe off of Jimmy. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. And, and then he says he's used to, he says he's used to being with women who let him take the lead on everything. And mm-hmm. I was like, wow. where, where is the leading going? Cause I can't wow. see any evidence of like, that. The bar is so low. Like just <laughs> go to Charlotte and be a man. You can have all the say you want. You don't even have to be qualified. Like it's incredible. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just <laughs> the reason I moved out of North Carolina. Uh, no offense, to all the people. I'm sure I just offended a lot of people who live in North Carolina. Um, but yeah, all, all point two of our listeners that live in North Carolina <laughs> yeah, statistically, you take, you take uh, like ten and divided by fifty. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I. I think Jimmy is sort of generally affable and sometimes a generally affable person does well on this show Yeah, because you can fill in with your mind all these kinds of ideas. Like there's a moment 
that I thought was very telling where Jimmy says, well, actually, you know, with my family, it's complicated. I don't remember exactly what he says, but yeah. there's like a lot, you know, or, or I don't even know his family, but he's like, there's stuff I'm not proud of. And she has this big reaction on her couch where she's like, you have no idea how much I identify with that. And she's so relieved. She? Jessica. Jessica. Yeah. She's so relieved that she can then, you know, have an opening to talk about some of the things that she's not proud of in her family history. And I'm grateful that she, um, I guess it's good that there's somebody that she can open up to, but he really was just saying generically there's stuff he's not proud of. He wasn't really saying I will therefore be an understanding person of Right. All the things and what she, all the stuff she said was really, 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 really heavy, yeah. Yeah. you know, and she's really just been through so much. She needs to be with a very, very understanding person yes. who is going to under specifically, she's just been through so many different types of forms of trauma and anyone who has knows that that can come back in unexpected ways. And at that time, you just need a lot of grace you yeah. know and gentleness and i think jimmy's just sort of like a general affable guy he's not a bad guy he just doesn't strike me as like high eq yeah um and so uh there's many times when jessica's spilling her guts out to him where he does not acquit himself particularly well. he looks That's like he's distressed yes it's like, oh, my dream girl comes with this baggage yeah. as opposed to here's this real human who went through something and I can try to like empathize with what that was must have been like. I'm just going to say this. So, you know, this this podcast and the 16 people or so that listen to it, like this is all about um, kind of riffing and speculating off of like what we see on screen, you know, what we see of these people's lives. And I think Jessica's had a really hard life. She has explained that she's had a really hard life yeah. and her her father uh was in jail right uh, committed suicide did i remember that correctly or both of those both of those things, things right yeah so but also she was in foster care because she's in foster her care parents yeah. were both addicts yeah and, and um she had a kid with someone when she was 18 years old who she wasn't really she was dating but they're more like friends my sense is that jessica is also christian Right? Yeah. Did that come through because of the way that they were talking about I think how so. the husband should lead and all that yeah. stuff? So uh, they, I don't think they've explicitly addressed it like yeah. Kenneth and Brittany, but I think she's a Christian. And I'm just putting this out there, okay? From my understanding, it is difficult to be a divorced woman and also a hardcore conservative Christian. She's not divorced. She was never married. Oh, yeah. She's never married. So having had a child out of wedlock, like that's very difficult um, because, A, you're not supposed to do that, you know? Wait, wait, hold up, hold up, hold up. Like, seriously, there's not, like, forgiveness for that? Isn't the whole thing about forgiveness and Cer grace? Certainly, but but if we're talking about stuff that, like, some people have a hard line about, um, that's one of them. And I, that that is just, th th I'm not saying it's impossible or it's, like, she's... No, she's, I'm just, you're saying yeah. there's a story out there or there's right. an idea. And I'm just trying to understand the idea because it's in conflict with this other. Well, you're not idea. supposed to have you're not supposed to have premarital sex, first of all. So, like the fact that you have a child. Out but of what about is... the everybody sins and the like? You know, um, she's doing a great job raising this kid, and right, right. Like yeah, a... Yes, no. Uh, look, uh, look, I fundamentally believe. You I'm know, not trying to the... convince you. I'm asking where in the story is there room for that, or is it more like, oh, you'll just have to be a single mom forever because you erred. 
no, no, no. It's not, it's not like that. But it's like, uh, you know, uh, people sin all the time, right? People do yeah. sins all the time. And it's like, um, ideally, you are, again, I'm not saying my own beliefs. I'm just stating what I believe many of the people in the show believe. Ideally, you are with someone who, like, will encourage you upon the path of righteousness. And so um, if people, uh, if somebody has a kid out of wedlock and, uh, you know, they're a mom, they're a single mom. It's like, that would probably, I, I would assume that would raise a lot of questions about like, how did this happen? And like, well, it's know, obvious well, how it happens. There's only one way it happens or one. Sure. But like, I think like, do you still believe like, what are your beliefs given that that, that is a thing that happened? You know, like all the, there'd be all these questions that were kicked up by it. I would assume I see. Well, um, that would be difficult to address. And so I, basically what I'm trying to say is like, from what I understand of, the, of Jessica, which is not very much, um, I do have quite a bit of sympathy for her because I think she has had a very difficult life, clearly. But she also um, chose to have the kid, right? She also did a bunch of other stuff that I would think uh, I would mean, be did considered. She, did she? We don't know that. We don't know that she chose. Like maybe she was forced into, or maybe she felt co- like maybe she felt like that was her only choice. You know, because if you are a Christian, you don't believe you have a choice. Okay. Well, so uh, my point is like, um, and, and also uh, another reason I think she's Christian is because of the way she talked about Jimmy's Instagram behavior. Because that is an oh, extremely that is an extremely like um, your sort of affections, your uh, lust or whatever is only for your wife. Like that is a very Christian coded thing to say. Um, we have not seen that kind of policing at any other point in the series, right? Like by which you mean no character has said it on, on the camera air on that the we've air. seen. Yes, okay, on the air, and it's a very Christian thing to say. So that would be like a common thing. I wouldn't for... say it's common, but I would say that like. When she said it, I was like, oh, I bet she's Christian. That was my reaction. Okay. It was like, right. oh, because um, she's like, I should be like, the, it's a very tradition, like Christian traditionalist idea of like, the, you know, your partner fulfills all of your needs of, all, of any kind. Um, and It's a lot of work. But I do think it's funny that they brought up the idea that like, here's a little tip for you out there if you're listening to this and you're like in the dating scene. Um one way to check like red flags uh, of your significant other, especially if he's a dude, is check his Instagram explore page um, because that is based off of like all the behavior that he does on Instagram. And uh, you know, if it's like full of like scantily clad women, then it'll be you know you'll know that that's what he spends time looking at. Now, I checked my Instagram explore page after we <laughs> landed on the plane, and it's mostly. Uh, New Yorker comics, New Yorker cartoons, and also comics uh, delivering little bits of uh, dialogue. I actually am so bad at social media. I didn't know Instagram had an explore page. <laughs> I know. Don't laugh at me. I know like TikTok has a for you. So mm-hmm. I assume it's the same thing. It's not. It's not. I mean. What? It's not. It's certainly not in the same format. Okay. It's, wait, hold on. You open Instagram and there's like a scroll, like a feed. Yes, of, that's your of home posts. feed. On, on the bottom of your Instagram yeah. app. There's five tabs. Okay. The leftmost tab is the homepage. That's okay. all the people you're following okay. or who Instagram shows. The one immediately to the right of that, that's a magnifying glass, is your explore page. Oh, it's not a search. Well, it's both. So oh. you press it and you can search, but it also shows you like, here's stuff we think you'll like out there. Oh, I think I have. It. I have seen that. I have seen that. Yeah. Because that's where... I follow stuffed animals from around the world that are yeah. animated to look like they're doing things, yeah. like in stop motion animation. It's incredible. Yeah, Highly so that's recommend. where that all this pop up. But anyway, um, but yeah, yeah I'm, it's it's. Uh, I can see 
whenever I have gone there to that search thing, yeah. I have thought, oh, they know too much about me because they know the things that even though I don't follow them, that will really get my attention and force me to scroll. So, yeah. yes, I can see why this would work. So anyway, uh, if you're on a date and you're... Um your date is in the bathroom. Check his steal their check phone? his Instagram Explore page. That see. seems very invasive and yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were the red flag then. <laughs> um, oh, oh, also another thing Jessica did that was very Christian coded: um, uh, writing a letter to her future husband. That's also something. Oh, that was very, yeah. What? Yeah. Say more about that. That's just something that uh, you know. I, I know Christian women who've done that. You know, do like, the men write qu- yeah, letters to their I, future wives? I don't. I think that's less common, but yes, I think that's something that happens. You know? What is the goal there? I think it's to it's like the equivalent of wishing upon a star or your Babe Ruth pointing at the stands. You know, you're like, hey, this is a thing I wish to manifest into the world, or here's a way in which I'm thinking about my future husband that I hope is like enriching and encouraging mm. and so on. At what like, age do you do this? Well, Are you it looked 11? it looked like she was writing it on wide ruled school paper. You know, like in a, a wide ruled notebook. Yeah. You know? So like, I think she was probably pretty freaking young when she wrote it. Probably in her teens or in her twenties. Um. But anyway, you add all those things up and then the fact that like she's super intense about the Instagram page and like you can't look at other women and it's like it, it, it all feels very Christian coded to me. And then on top of that, the fact that she's a single mother is like, I bet this woman has had a difficult life. That's that's you, you add all of that up. And like, I bet this one has had a difficult time on the dating because scene. because most Christian dudes who are going to be the type of guy that she's going after, um, most of them are not going to be as understanding about the single mom part. You know, if they're if they're really hardcore, they're not going to be that understanding. Again, I am simply trying to describe sure, the reality that I think exists. I'm not saying any of this is good or bad. Okay, um, I personally think, you know. None of this should be used in evaluating terms, but I'm just saying, like, uh, from what from my experience in the Christian okay, church, which yeah, is extensive, right, and many decades long. So, okay. Well, Jessica and Jimmy, Jessica does the thing where she feels rejected, and she says some things that are probably a little over the line. They're not out of bounds for typical hurt things people say after a breakup. Yeah. They are a little unusual because you're breaking up through a wall. It's very theatrical and it feels extremely planned, but it's also excellent reality television. Well, she wears a revenge dress. She wears like the sexiest dress that anyone has ever worn on the show, basically. And then she says, you are going to choke when you see what you missed out on. You're going to need an EpiPen to open up your airways. Uh, after you see what you've well, and out because on. Jimmy is kind of honestly a very generic guy, she's probably right. <laughs> He's just kind of like take the average of America in mm-hmm. every way, and then you spit out Jimmy. <laughs> and so, sure, but I also think I, when I was in biology in high school, we, you know, they have those diagrams of the cell, like the mitochondria, take yeah. biology, right? Yeah, the mitochondria and the cilia and all that stuff. And you know, I remember somebody asking. Uh, the teacher, Miss Bradley. Uh, hey, like this is what this is like an average cell, like, like or this is like a cell. Like, how often does a cell like this actually exist? Like the one that looks like in the book. And she's like, I'd say an average cell uh, comes along about the the same frequency as an average human. You yeah. know, like uh, if what's an average human? Wow. Like they're five foot seven. They're you know they weigh one hundred twenty pounds. You know, like, and it's like 
So not very often, right? Like Miss Bradley, yeah. good improv. Yeah, and uh, basically, uh, Jimmy's the average man. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> he's, 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 <laughs> he's trying. He is struggling. Mm-hmm. He is trying to be better with words. He is not good at them. Yeah. He has a general good time vibe of like, oh, this is all fine, right? This is great. And not it completely fails to see danger in every direction. Now, now here's the thing. People are like destroying Jimmy online. Really? As well they should. Like he has fucked up in many ways. But and people were saying like Jimmy just didn't want to admit that he didn't want to be a stepdad. And it's like. I don't know if that's right. But even if that was the case. I actually think that's okay. Like, I actually think it's okay to, like, barely be okay with marrying someone you've never met and then, like, not be okay with I, being a father to someone you've I never really met. I like, really felt for both of them in that yeah. moment where she's like, I have something, you know, big to tell you. I'm yeah. a mom and I'm a mom of a 10-year-old daughter. And that is a lot. You're, like, doing the math. Yes. Okay, you're, you're in your late 20s. Like, yeah. when did this happen? And right. what was the situation? And what is your current life like? And what's your relationship to the dad? And, you know, et cetera. And, um do I feel ready to be a dad in four weeks or really in less than that? Like, is that something of a kid I haven't even met and don't know what our chemistry is? This is not an infant, you know, like this is a very formed person already at 10 years old. And I really would need to take, if I had, if I wanted to have the maximally productive conversation about what comes next, I would need to take somewhere between one hour and one week to like process that and and sit with my own feelings and interrogate them. But the other person in the meantime is just desperately feeling rejected for every second of silence that goes by. And so I really felt terrible for both of them in that moment. Yeah. Uh, A lot of people are speculating and I agree that he, that was probably the thing he didn't like, that was probably the deciding factor for him. And if that's the case, here's my feeling. A, I actually think that's fine if that's the case. Sure. However... Of course it's okay. However, B, he probably should have made that clear like way earlier before it escalated to the point that it did on the show. I don't know. I think in this really condensed time frame, you are asking yourself, could I be a dad? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Like, let's keep talking. What's she like? like yeah, and what's... you're right. It's only like, what, 10 days are in the pod? So yeah. it's, it's not like she's he's dragging it out over like six All months All he's doing is yeah. going to the next day, going yeah. to the next day, you yeah. know? And I think actually he did feel strongly about her. I, I don't know if it's the deciding factor. It could or could not be. Um, you don't even know that about yourself sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's asking for a degree of self-awareness that is sometimes impossible in the moment. And I, I don't know. I, I, that, that I am the least hard on him about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when I say it's okay, like, of course, I would like for everyone to be massively and hugely open to every form of love in every way. But, like, you also should know your own limits. And I think we also all genuinely have different limits at different times in our lives. Um, yeah. And it's, it's not a kindness to pretend that you have more to give than you really can there's like a kid's like self-esteem at stake you know so yeah i think jessica is just a really complex compelling figure i would say because i have all these feelings about that her as a person on the show um Hmm. i um you know like she gave him this she gave jimmy this letter that she wrote to her future husband that is a huge escalation on her part. That was her leaving it all on the table because right. she knew she felt like she was tied with someone else. Right, right. Um, and then she got really upset when he didn't reciprocate, which is like, okay, you know, and then um, and then 
there's there is like this strain of entitlement in the sh- in the show like that she showed i think of like i deserve to have like like i can't believe you didn't tell me earlier i deserve to like find someone during this process you ruined this experience you ruined this experience me. right and it's like that's dude, but that's i assume that's just being hurt though maybe you know um and, and but then also like all these terrible things have happened to her and i have a lot of sympathy for her and i can imagine that she's had a very difficult life and i can imagine coming on the show was a very difficult decision to make given that she has a kid you know like She's just very complex. She's a very. I have all like. I'm very deeply ambivalent about her as a character. Um, so anyway, uh, also she's a very beautiful woman, a conventionally attractive woman, and I think um, that throws a, a monkey wrench in the works when it comes to the Jimmy Chelsea thing because I think that will be a factor later on. Yeah, the show. yeah, but I my guess is she has endless attention from men everywhere she goes, mm-hmm. but not the kind of man she's looking for. Yeah, and I think. She put, she had a lot riding on this uh, to be the kind of guy she w- yeah. who would not primarily be motivated by that. Fair, uh, Chelsea and Trevor. Um, well, yeah. So Ch- guess- Ch- Chelsea and Jimmy end up with, with each other, and it's like woof. <laughs> Chelsea and Jimmy are like a portal from season two in Chicago. Nick and Danielle just transported into this. So Danielle had a lot of anxiety on their vacation and spent a lot of time crying in the room. Chelsea is the Danielle of the season. She has got a lot of insecurities. She is basically cannot be soothed. Like she is asking to be soothed constantly. And then when the soothing is given to her, it works for like 30 seconds. Jimmy is Jimmy. You know, he's got an average toolkit. He is not equipped. And to be fair to Jimmy, there's nobody who could soothe this. Not nobody, but like... I don't think it's actually fixable. It's difficult. It would be difficult. You'd need to find someone highly skilled. Let's put it that way. Right, but she also needs to own it. She thinks it's other people's responsibility for her not to feel bad, which is like not a very realistic expectation. There's this very bizarre moment in episode six that you you commented on where she seemed to expect something... very ha- specific very she's like i've told you the thing and now you're supposed to take it you know and she, she, she to, said i'm hurt yeah. i felt uncomfy yeah i didn't like it and you need to take it and i'm like he's been he's taking, been taking it like what, what do you ta- what, yeah what do you expect more so right. what do you want to set a timer in like 30 minutes right. you get to event you know like which right. is a lot but like okay um it, it's very odd it's very it's like she wanted something specific to happen i that think was, she's she's experienced it before and that's how she knows to ask for it mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. she does she she assumes he would know which right. don't assume anything with yeah. jimmy don't assume he knows he does not know <laughs> he could maybe do it if you spelled it out for him yeah maybe so they have no um i, I mean as a couple it seems not great uh, I don't think they're well suited they're, to yeah. each other. And moreover, I actually am concerned she's not actually ready for marriage. Yeah. Because no matter who she would have picked, you know, if he had uh, done anything, you know, I mean, yes, I think Jimmy probably should not have commented on Hades' body for other reasons, um, including a little bit out of respect for her. But, you know, like, yeah. I, I just um, think the degree to which she was saw a threat that wasn't really there. Yeah is is pretty out of control but this is the ultimate tragedy is like um like chelsea and jimmy are probably not that attracted to each other and chelsea probably would have been way more attracted to trevor who is like i think a pretty good looking dude closer to what he she described as the guy she's gone for in the past or kind of bigger burlier right and jimmy would probably be more attracted to to jessica and the one who actually looks like megan fox yes (laughs) 
I don't think she looks like Megan Fox. She's more of like a Leah Michelle, in my opinion. But, you know. Um, <laughs> what? She doesn't look like Leah Michelle that much to me. But, like, I think, you know, body-wise, she looks more like Megan yes, Fox certainly, than certainly. anyone in the history of the show, probably. Uh, but... Anyway, yeah, that's that's that, that this this is the kind of Greek tragedy esque material that this show lets you experience is like Trevor and you know Chelsea missing Trevor and and Jimmy missing Jessica and I have to say like Trevor handled the scene where he got rejected with a lot of grace. That was like, great. Yeah, that was again. I think people having seen episodes of this show before they actually went on it, you know, like I think people are able to manage themselves a little better. He, I, I thought. He was really kind to her. Yeah. Um, but he also allowed himself a little bit of yeah. self-pity, which you absolutely should. It's okay to feel super sad. And he was also insightful because he said, you know, if I had gone first, would you have said yes to me? And then she didn't answer. Which I actually think Chelsea is so insecure and just desperately wants to be picked. Yeah. She, you know, really wants to hear the affirmation. And then he's like, doesn't bode well that you're like taking so long to answer the question. You know, like. And, and- I, I think he would have. I think he would have been a guy who actually like, cause he is kind of a quirky dude. Mm-hmm. Like I think he would have been very drawn to her quote unquote inner quirkiness yeah. more than her outer shell. I think he then says, I'm going to just sit here by myself. Cause I don't want to go back in the lounge and cry in front of all the other guys. Yeah. And I thought that was beautiful. Yeah. Self-awareness and self care. Yeah. Good job, Trevor. Um, I, I think Jimmy and Chelsea are not going to work because Jimmy, in the meantime that Chelsea's having a meltdown, is running around telling everyone, our relationship is the best out of all the relationships here. He has no sense. Um, and then she comes in and she does this thing that is so passive aggressive. I'm, I'm almost embarrassed for her level of sort of interpersonal skills. They're brushing their teeth and she says, what's wrong? And he's like, nothing. <laughs> I'm fine. And then she says, "No, what's wrong?" And he's like, "Nothing." And he's like, "What's wrong?" And then clearly she has something that's wrong. She didn't come to him and say, "I need to tell you that I feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable." She is hoping that she can pry it out of him. And mm-hmm. like she is so she almost speaks in a childlike voice when she's mm-hmm. like, "I'm hurt. I was uncomfy." You know, like I actually was just like, "You are regressing to childhood. You desperately need therapy like right 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 this minute, please." Do not do this in front of everyone because it will make your own life worse in the future. Maybe it doesn't matter. Flight attendants are unionized. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, a compelling cast of characters, I'd say. I. Who do you think is going to make it? Brittany and Kenneth have a For really sure. good chance. Amy and Johnny. Amy too. and Johnny have a really good chance. Yeah. Um, Laura. And those are basically the only two I'd feel two couples I feel comfortable voting on. Everyone else is borderline, and I think Chelsea and Jimmy probably have no chance. I agree, as well as Laura and Jeremy. I mean, Jimmy had said he was used to deferring, or to to being deferred to. Yeah. And Jessica's, like, basically very upfront about, like, these are my lines, these are my needs. But Chelsea is actually, I think, more demanding in a less Mm -hmm. obvious way. So I do not think Jimmy is going to want to continue this life of demanding women uh let's say i want to i wish to comment on one final thing which is jimmy at one point claims that chelsea lied to him he says she lied to me that's the name of the episode uh is she lied to me that is not accurate she did not lie to him and i feel 
a little irritated this that he said that. about Chelsea saying that she looks like Megan Fox. She didn't say she looked like or Megan it, Fox. It is, you know, it is that it is he, that Megan Fox yeah. comparison. He said thing. he said she he said she lied to me. She told me she looked like Megan Fox. That's what Jimmy said. That is bullshit. He did not say that. The question was, what celebrity do your friends compare you to most often? And she said, Megan Fox, I guess, but like only the hair or, you like know. Like only the hair and the eye color. Only the hair and the eyes. And you then know? he like walks around the room because he's so excited and he's like, he's like oh my oh God, my. you yeah, look like Megan, like Megan Fox. Fox. I'm so and he, he clearly has heard what he wanted right. to. Yes. She did not lie to him. So I just need to like say that. Like th- that is not fair of him to say. And also, by the way, it makes him look terrible. So... Just needed to get that off my chest before we wrap up. Yes, so. that is fair. That is fair. Well, from two people who do not look like Megan Fox in Seattle. <laughs> this has been Decoding Reality. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast. DecodingTV at gmail.com is where you can let us know your thoughts on this show. And DecodingReality.tv is where you can get more episodes. We will definitely be covering more of this show this season. Uh, we'll try to do each episode drop. But if we can't, we'll definitely do a finale uh, recap. So thank you so much for listening. And until then, we'll see you later. Goodbye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.